Virgin Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Some councils are auditing schools and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl. For those who are in an open or polyamorous relationship, your relationships are holy. A gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman. We don't want to just win the argument about sexuality. We want to use this as a gospel opportunity. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's see if we can help. Paul Lind today. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. We better figure it out. Kids, who can understand anything they say? Other kids. Kids, they are disobedient, disrespectful. Oh, name calling. Noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy, loafers. While we're on the subject, kids, you can talk and talk to your faces blue. Mm, and how are we doing that? Kids, but they still do just what they want to do. Too often they do. Why can't they be like we were? Perfect in every way. Exactly. What's the matter with kids today? This is Wretched Radio. That was Paul Lind in Bye Bye Birdie. Saw it as a kid, and I remember this tune, pondering the question, what's the matter with kids today? It's a question every generation asks because generations change. It's the warp and the woof of a society, and we are still asking that question today, or at least we should be. What's up? That's a better way to phrase it rather than the pejorative, what's the matter with kids today? What's up with kids today? And the answer is they're feeling down. Isolationism, loneliness, depression, suicidality rates, they are through the roof. And if we are going to help the next generation, which is the job of the preceding generation to teach, to instruct, to point, to help them to learn your life lessons that were hard won by you. What is up with kids today? Kevin Carson seeks to answer that question. He's a biblical counselor. The article is titled, Why Are Teenagers Killing Themselves? And he cites, and it's a little stingy, he cites a number of obstacles that this generation is facing that Paul Lynn's generation didn't have to confront. And the first obstacle, oh, if this doesn't just remind us, seeker sensitivity is so out of tune with the culture. In fact, I think I just wrote an article about this that the seeker-sensitive movement has so misread and misjudged our culture. They took a look at kids who were not interested in church and asked the question, well, what do we need to do to get them interested in church? And so we decided pizza parties was the best way to accomplish that goal. And if this observation by biblical counselor Kevin Carson is right, we have misread the room And maybe, just maybe, we would do well to perhaps point a finger at seeker-sensitive youth group nonsense that has been pervasive in evangelical Christianity now for decades and say, enough, stop it. You're not helping the kids. You're contributing to their hurt. What is the first obstacle? God isn't playing my game. That's the way that Kevin put it. They say things like, oh, I wish I were taller, shorter, smaller, bigger, stronger. I wish I was funny. 
I wish I had a sense of humor and I was really intelligent. I wish I could afford different clothes, live in a different house, get a better car. In other words, they're dissatisfied with God's sovereignty. And if Kevin is right, and I believe he is because he's observed this subject for a long time, theology is what our kids need, not pizza. As delicious as Domino's is, we don't even give them good pizza. (laughs) That's how little we're honoring the kids. We don't even give them good pizza. We give them the cheapest stuff possible. And they don't need pizza. They need theology. They need to understand God is good. He is able. He is faithful. And he is sovereign. Therefore, it is well with my soul. Have our kids learned that? It appears they haven't from Kevin Carson. Teens are dissatisfied with the sovereignty of God because his plans don't match the teens' dreams or desires. Do you smell that irony? Or perhaps it's just my runny nose because we're in pollen season again in the South. Do you smell it? They have dreams. They have hopes. They are being crushed because they don't understand. It is not our dreams that God is going to fulfill. It's his desires in us and that he has us placed exactly where he wants us. And we have avoided teaching these difficult sovereignty. You could scare some children. They might come up to conclusions like, you know, God is in control of everything. Exactly. And because he is good and able and faithful, we can trust him in this. If you haven't watched our Breaking Bread episode with Tim Challies, you ought to. He lost his son unexpectedly. Uh, Well, it's almost two years now. And Tim persistently in my time with him, kept repeating the same word, sovereignty, sovereignty. We must understand the doctrine of sovereignty. Hasn't it helped you when you have run into trouble? And we do because this world is filled with woes. Didn't it help you to go, okay, wait, I'm not going to be depressed because God is good, able and faithful and he's sovereign and he's got this. And his decisions are better than my decisions. His ways are better than the path that I want to chart for myself. It helped you. It'll help the kids too. Hey, church, how's about we look at the empirical data and come to the conclusion we should have come to before we launched seeker-sensitive youth group chicanery? It's not what they need. They need theology. Number two. Why are kids so isolated and suicidal these days? They don't think their family is perfect. Well, of course they're not. But has anybody in church ever informed them of that? Hey, your expectations of your parents. Be careful. They're not perfect. They're going to biff it. And by the way, you are too when you're a parent. You don't think you're going to. You're going to do it perfectly. Or you're going to avoid having children. That's not a good way to respond to imperfect parents. Sometimes it feels overnight, writes Kevin, but parents go from hero to zero where it was a joy to hang out, spend time together and just love each other. Now the teen seems sees other parents and families as cool. 
desires to spend more time away from you and more time with other kids' parents and can't understand why we have family rules, priorities, and decisions. This is why, oh, it doesn't take a village to raise a kid. It really takes a church. We need to be teaching our kids, hey, you're, you're, you're getting a social media snapshot of other people's lives and circumstances. It isn't perfect there. They have issues and struggles. You're just seeing the sunny side up. Don't be deceived. Number three reason the kids are struggling today. The world around me is hard and dangerous. They see more and more news stuff than you and I ever saw when we were, well, would, would have been one of Paul Lynn's kids. We didn't get exposed to all. You knew some stuff. You knew the Russians were bad, so you better crawl underneath your desk. You know, that foolproof method of staying safe in a nuclear war. We didn't see much of it. Our kids do. And the world looks pretty scary to them. And who can blame them? Frankly, we see aggression and abuse. We, we, we see relational difficulties, bullying, rejection, Sins of the tongue. They get exposed to so much of it. Number four. Once again, this is theological. They are suffering from Michael W. Smith disease. They don't know their place in the world. They don't know what the point is. In other words, they don't know theology. They don't understand the answer to the first question in the Westminster and other confessions of faith, other catechisms. The Westminster Catechism, which would ask, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's your place in the world. Wherever your place is, that's your role. That's your duty. That's your honor. What is this? It is a lack of theological knowledge. Why? It's because we've avoided it like the plague, and it's the very thing the kids need. So what can we do to help them? Kevin Carson, listen, listen, listen. Listen, don't bark, don't talk. Just figure out a way to have your relationship with your teen sweeten so that they trust you. Spend time with them. Demonstrate a love for them. Do things with them. Take interest. Avoid the parental temptation to immediately go, well, that's ridiculous. Well, no, of course you don't want to sign up for that. That would just be dumb. Hold it. Why do you want to sign up for that? What, what, what are you looking, what are you hoping for there? How do you think it's going to go? Instead of telling, we should be asking. Instead of barking, we should be loving. Third, walk in humility with your teen as you speak. Most teens don't talk to parents. Why? Now, perhaps it's not just this generation. I think every generation has that propensity. But this one, hoofda. Talk to your parents. It's like asking them to touch a hot stove. Mom and Dan, if you want to make sure that your kid doesn't become a statistic, I think the lessons from the last 40 years of seeker sensitivity only lead us to one conclusion. Teach your kids theology and love on them like a nobody's business. This is Wretched Radio. 
The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, is firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasound, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate your time. Did you know there is actually something in existence that gives you information on things happening at Wretched? Things like upcoming product launches or details on upcoming seasons of our productions of Wretched Radio, Wretched TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread. Also, information on job openings here at Wretched. Information on upcoming sales in the Wretched store. What I'm referring to is the monthly Wretched newsletter. If you're not already receiving the Wretched newsletter, you're missing out on all of these things and more. The Wretched newsletter also contains thorough and in-depth messages on a wide range of theological topics. And that's not all. As a Wretched newsletter subscriber, you're also eligible for resources that we give away daily here at Wretched. So sign up and don't miss out on any of this stuff by becoming a Wretched newsletter subscriber by visiting our website at wretched.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page and fill out the form. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people across small towns and cities that suffered from the war. That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids clubs where they can and, because of the war, provide providing resources, providing food and shelter and prayer, and of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched Books of the Bible The Apostle Peter wrote to the elect exiles who were facing persecution for the sake of Christ. Peter exhorted them to trust God and to continue living godly lives. He reminds them of their hope in Christ and their high calling. When you want to learn joyful obedience, no matter what your circumstances, look to 1 Peter. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Verse 2, anyone? No, please, no! Kids, I've tried to raise you the best I could. Kids, all the things I've done were for your own good. Kids, can't you once appreciate 
appreciate how I've sacrificed working, slaving, scrimping, saving pennies, and living with your father. Kids, no one knows the burdens I've had to bear, and in my condition. Kids, I'm a poor sick woman, and does he care? Ha! Go on, go on, and kill me. That's what it's coming to. When a mother has kids like you. <laughs> Do you have a kid like that? There seems to be a proliferation of them these days. This is Wretched Radio. We see a generation struggling. Let's not just observe. Let's figure it out. Let's dive in to help a generation that is literally killing themselves. And I don't mean literally like figuratively. I mean literally, literally, they are killing themselves. Perhaps it's time for the church to reassess how we've been treating our teenagers. Honestly, I think it could start with an apology for the way that we have treated our kids so disrespectfully in youth groups, at least the standard fare that is served up these days, which usually involves dough, cheese and tomato sauce and probably pepperoni. We should be saying to our kids, we are sorry that we have not honored you, that we have not respected you, that we have not given you more credit. We're going to change that today. We're not going to treat you like idiots anymore. We're going to do something deep here. And let me tell you, that is the longing of their heart. They don't want trite anymore. And isn't that precisely what seeker sensitivity serves them? Trite. It's the main entree. It's the side dishes and dessert. Okay, and it's the salad, too. It's trite to come up with these. Rid- hey, what can we teach the kids, man? All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll get them a pizza. Then we'll play a bunch of games. And then if we can get them calmed down, we'll just make it really snappy and teach them a life hack. Shame on us. Our kids need more than that. They're suffering. They're hurting. And you might perhaps be under the delusion they're not. Now, I don't know your kids. I don't know your youth group, but I've spent enough time around them to know they are. In fact, not only are they, I think every single one in some way, shape or form is varying degrees, of course. But even the ones that you would look at and go, they got it together. That's oh, they, they, they've got no issues. They've they got the full ride scholarship. They're on their way. They're great kids. They pit, they bat 330. Everything is just Great. No, it's not. They're struggling and we need to dive in there and figure out what's going on. And then I would like to suggest we start helping them biblically. No, Bible study shouldn't be so toasty dry that they just yak on it. I would say this. If you do not have the ability to teach kids the Bible, what they need, in a way that captures their attention and actually calls them back next Wednesday night, you might want to look for another way to serve in your church. Because Jesus is interesting. Theology is profoundly practical and helpful. Teaching truths about God is not a snooze. And if you can't present it in a way that causes the kids to go, this is amazing. God is incredible. Really? You mean reality isn't what I'm seeing on social media? Why aren't we teaching our kids big truths? I think we've misread the room. They are wondering, why isn't my life better? Why isn't this working out the way that I had planned? Why would they be asking that question if they knew theology? 
an article from Rebecca Lankford. This is an opportunity for you to serve. And if you happen to be gray haired and you're trying to figure out how to serve and maybe you're thinking about retiring and counting seashells by the seashore, please don't. You can move wherever you want, but please plug into a local church and help the youth. How could you do that? This article is helpful. One, open your home. You, we, we all do it. We, we go to such an excellent church. In fact, oh, 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 what happened on Sunday? So the sermon is done. Everything is done. We're going to welcome new members. There were nine of them. Seven of them were not Caucasian. Do you know why? Well, it's because we got this plan and strategy to make sure that our congregation reflects the society that lives around us. Not. We just breach the word. Love people. Welcome them when they come. And guess what? They do. And that issue of making sure that you represent the society that you live in. Uh, what plan is that? Except one that is rather nefarious. Um, hi, person with a different skin color. Our church doesn't have enough of your skin color. So would you please bring you and your skin color with you to our other skin colored church and be a part of it? What is that? It is using the most ridiculous marker for observing different people than, than skin color. Is there anything more trite besides most youth groups? I don't think so. Our church just teaches and they just Love on people. And we will see, though, even in our good church, there is a propensity to very quickly find your age group and just spend time there because it's just easier. And if what I'm saying right now feels a little bit cryptic, maybe it's because you haven't had a lengthy conversation with somebody who's in their teens or early 20s. The reality is they're interested in different things than we are. They talk about different stuff than we do. Their jokes are a little bit different. And it's just easy to go, let me find somebody my age to talk to. Don't do that. Don't do that. Guess what? They don't want you to do that either. They want you to take interest in them. And if we identify those people in our church and you don't do it by how they're dressed, the fact that they look like they have a well-worn MacArthur study Bible, don't assume ask them hey would you like to come over for dinner we'd love to spend time with you what an opportunity for seniors who unfortunately are not being asked to share their wisdom to actually download it into the hearts and minds of young people uh, sorry senior you're gonna have to take the initiative because unfortunately our churches typically do not engage you and that's a tragedy, but don't let that deter you. Open your house. This is what was written in the Rebecca Lankford article. Most of us live alone or with peers. She's, she's of the generation that we're discussing. So being in a home, a real home, dirty socks, spilled apple juice, moody teenagers and all is a rare delight. Oh, did you know that? Have us over for dinner and let us jump on the trampoline with your kids. Give us the opportunity to help with the dishes or your seventh graders math homework. No, they don't want to do that. They might because it, we're putting them to work. That's one of the hallmarks of the current gener younger generation. They want something to do. Give me an assignment, would you? Here you go. 
How's about helping with algebra? Oh, that's ninth grade. At least it used to be. It's, they probably wait for that for your master's degree these days. Give us the opportunity to do something. Teach us the family blessing you sing before a meal. When you do, you remind us that we do indeed have a family that loves and cares for us, even if our nuclear one is miles away. You help fend against the pangs of loneliness that can leave us feeling unseen or uncared for. In other words, hospitality, which the Bible commends. Number two way that we can help this generation, and this will come as a surprise to you, share your wisdom. I'm telling you, I know I beat this like a drum, but I'm when I talk to the kids and look them in the eyes and ask them, what's up? They open up. They talk. They're interested. They listen because they are desperate for it. And isn't that a good thing? Rather than looking at the younger generation like, ah, they're just so lost and confused. Well, we were too. It's just a different type of lost and confused. This is nothing new under the sun. But if you will take the time to engage with them, I'm telling you, they want it. They drink it in. That is a positive about them. They don't, they're done with the dumb. They're done with the silly. They're done with the gross-out games. They want something mature. Let's give it to them, and let's recognize, hey, that's a good attribute about that generation. Share your wisdom. Number three, notice your neighbor. This Sunday at church, look for a young adult to love, mentor, and encourage. In the office, ask the new hire if he's interested in reading the Bible with you at lunch. Oh, no, they wouldn't. You sure? They might say no. They might surprise you three weeks later when they go, hey, can I still join you for that? Next time the college babysitter comes over, ask her to stay for a cup of tea after the kids are in bed. There are ways that we, who maybe feel relegated to the sidelines these days in the evangelical church, can get back on the field. And the players that are needing our coaching and guidance are all around us. Maybe... They're in your own home. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Oklahoma Children's Hospital announced earlier this week that it is planning to halt certain gender medicine services, whatever those are, because the hospital was poised to lose $39.4 million in funds. That's a lot of reasons to pull back, but the biggest reason shouldn't even be money related. The biggest reason is, is this is body mutilation that you're doing to children. But whatever it takes. Mars Incorporated, the same company that makes M&Ms, announced a new M&M spokes candy. This one will be purple and will promote acceptance and inclusivity. Because we know candy makers aren't just candy makers anymore. Thanks for looking out for us, Mars. U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock, hopefully not much longer, said at a rally in Atlanta for seniors earlier this week that even God gave us a choice regarding abortion. Yet the self-described pro-choice pastor took the time to share about his support for women's rights to choose whether or not to terminate the life of an unborn baby. Quote, I have a profound reverence for life, and I also have a deep respect for choice. 
So my question is, how do you separate those two? If you have a profound reverence for life and a deep respect for choice, then you choose life. There's no other choice to be made. Pray for this man, seriously. And here's a bit of weird news coming from Virgin Airlines, who recently announced an update to its gender identity policy that removes requirement for its people to wear gendered uniforms. So now male employees are free to wear skirts and women are free to wear suits. And even a few genderless people can wear whichever uniform suits them on whichever day they want to wear it. And this is the weird reality that we're living in. This is the real world, but it feels like we're all dreaming this just really, really strange dream. But it's not a dream, it's reality. Crazy, right? Well, you hear me reference the numbers of open doors pretty regularly here on Wretched. The founder of the Christian Persecution Watchdog, best known by Christians as Brother Andrew, passed away at the age of 94 earlier this week. He's best remembered for smuggling copies of the Bible into communist countries. His efforts earned him the moniker of God Smuggler. And for more than 60 years, he visited over 125 countries in service to the global church. Currently, Open Doors helps Christians in over 60 countries. The organization distributes 300,000 Bibles and 1.5 million Christian books, training materials, and discipleship manuals daily. Christians all over the world certainly owe a debt of gratitude to Brother Andrew. Pray for his family and the ministry of Open Doors, while also remembering to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the globe. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is teaching, the spiritual ability to explain and apply God's Word. A teacher studies to gain knowledge of the Bible, is equipped with wisdom to understand it, and is gifted with the ability to explain it to others so they can grow in God's truth and apply it to their daily life. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Please feel free to send your emails to Dennis Prager. This is Wretched Radio. Headline, sit down for this. This has a tinge of John Knox to it. <laughs> Wrote about that monstrous regiment of women. <laughs> By the way, if you'd like to know how Scotland is doing theologically, John Knox, the great reformer, uh, the, the chief of Presbyterians, if you will, he's buried in a parking lot. No, they didn't bury him in a parking lot. He was buried. Then they put the parking lot over him. And there's just a little tiny. He's in space 42, if I'm not mistaken, or 36 something. Oh, Scotland. John Knox would make Queen Mary cry with his prayers. Dennis Prager might make a lot of women cry with this headline. Women are disproportionately hurting our country. Well, Dennis Prager isn't a wild-eyed fanatic. He's thoughtful. He is slow to speak, and he, I think, has written something for us to consider without whiplashing. That is always our knee-jerk reaction. Oh, this is going on, and we're going to go way over there and do that. Women are women are hurting the country. Then get them in the kitchen, barefoot, pregnant. They better learn how to cook. Okay, let's 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 not go there. By the way, when we consider the issues of gender, of masculinity and femininity, I got to tell you, Road Trip to Truth Season 3, we, 
If you don't mind me saying so, we absolutely nailed it. We took a look at what it means to be a man. What does it mean to be a woman? And we've also then studied. So we used three, three assessments or three ways that we take a look at another human being. One would be the physical. The other would be emotional. And the third would be performative. What we do, how we feel. What we're, what we're made like. Well, these days, of course, those lines are being blurred. In fact, I just saw a New York Times article. Jimmy, that means we're actually two exits off of the subject that's in front of us right now. <laughs> they were talking about it was, a, it was a kind of a feminist gathering of women that they're not happy about transgenderism. Progressive women don't like it because... It means that a woman can be a woman just by saying I'm a woman. They rightly recognize, wow, that's kind of degrading. So we took a look in road trip. We're only one exit away now. Not only of the physical, the emotional, and the performative, but we took a look at the traditional and the contemporary definitions of women. And we might have a propensity to fall into a leave it to beaver mentality. It was better. It was all better then with the traditional system. Now, we have to recognize Christianity to a degree informed the Christian system, but it was just our society that said these are basically the roles. And when we examine traditional femininity and masculinity, too, they fall short. Now, make no mistake about it, the contemporary definitions for male and female are way worse. (laughs) But that doesn't mean we had it right 70 years ago. We need to examine what is biblical masculinity, what is biblical femininity. And what we see is that it was too restrictive culturally that women should be able to go to university. That, That seems like duh to us. Well, it wasn't then. What was that? Well, that was influenced by traditional femininity and masculinity definitions. We want to be biblical, and the Bible helps us to accomplish just that. Back onto the freeway, women are disproportionately hurting our country. Okay, Dennis, make your case. Jimmy, can you maybe find his email address so that we can just send those (laughs) straight to him? Women are disproportionately active in doing damage to our society, writes Dennis Prager. And then he dives into some statistics. Who is facilitating Drag Queen Story Hour? Who's who's pushing this sexual agenda in schools? Who's pushing the abortion movement? Predominantly, according to Dennis, it's the Goyles. In virtually every case, It is a woman. 92% of kindergarten teachers are women. 75% of all teachers are women. 85% of librarians are women. And incidentally, there's a resolution that, this will come as a shocker, Democrats are pushing in both the Senate and the House to stop. This is inverted reality for you. Stop with all the book banning. You're undermining democracy by not wanting to teach your kid about sexual issues that are really vulgar and perverted. (laughs) They're saying that we're undermining democracy because we don't want our kids exposed to filth. Why is there so much filth in the library? Could it be? Dennis Prager is speculating. It's because 85% of librarians are women. 
Now, you would say, how do you make that connection? Well, you could say it's there. The books are there. Who let them in? Well, if 85% of the librarians are women, you would have to say women at least passively welcomed them in to the library. The creator of the Poisonous 1619 Project is a woman. Los Angeles Unified School District has adopted a radical gender theory curriculum encouraging teachers to work toward the breakdown of the gender binary. That's happening in school districts around the country. Those are more of the pernicious books that are in our libraries for children these days. It's funny. I I haven't looked for this in the public library. Is there a Christian theology section? (laughs) I mean, when you think about what movement has more books, you would be hard-pressed to find one that excels beyond what Christianity has produced. We've written a lot of books. Why aren't those in the library? I think we know the answer to that. Dennis Prager. Teachers and their unions did great damage to young people during COVID-19. They demanded because of their hypochondria and an apparent inability to apply reason to COVID risk that schools close for nearly two years. And what's the consequence? The kids are bummed and behind. They're sad and they're unschooled. They didn't learn anything. Teachers unions in big cities threatened to go on strike if schools opened. In general, teacher unions are radical arms of the Democratic Party and the progressive movement. They are overwhelmingly composed of women members and women leaders. The head of the National Education Association is a woman, as are the heads of the Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York City teachers unions. Now, Dennis Prager says it's imperative that we don't besmirch every woman and their contributions to our culture. He's targeting areas in our society that are dominated by women, and we're seeing some fruit come out of it. Well, the buck has to stop with somebody, and it's probably got to stop with the leaders, and the leaders in a lot of these movements are women. Women physicians and healthcare workers are at the vanguard of ruining young people's lives at children's hospitals that push this is for, uh, giving young people puberty-blocking hormones and opposite-gender hormones, performing hysterectomies on children and mastectomies on healthy girls. I got to tell you, we want to be careful. I don't want to boomerang again. We have indeed been the silent majority Christian, I think it's time to stand and speak. What they are doing to children, this is this is Mengele business. This isn't like, well, they they've got a different interpretation of Little Red Riding Hood. They're seeing symbolism in it that we didn't No, this is way past that. This is this is brutality. This is being wicked to our children. And who is leading that? Women are at the vanguard of perverting the medical profession by advocating the teaching of woke ideologies in medical schools, placing these ideologies on an equal footing with medical education. That's Dennis Prager's contention that women clergy have been at the vanguard of pushing Christianity and Judaism to a very soft left. I mean, it's a hard left, but where men are supposed to be very soft. Women 
are disproportionately supportive of cancel culture, the greatest threat to free speech in American history. Yikes. Now, did he make his point? Well, you, you can determine that. I want to make sure, though, that I don't respond to this and go, that's why women just need to get home and this needs to stop. No, that would be foolishness, especially in the church. Zoink, Scoob. They, they do have some strengths that men don't have, and we're foolish to not allow them to exercise those muscles. Having said that, we need to give credit where credit is due. And if Dennis is right, the lot of the liberal creep towards socialism and Marxism and secular humanism, can we lay it at the doorstep of a regiment of monstrous women? Jimmy, you find Dennis Prager's email address yet? No, he has it hidden. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> he ain't no fool. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear... Everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. You know, there are a ton of things people partner in. Some have business partners. Some have workout partners. We all need accountability partners. Then you have partners in crime not something I recommend, or marriage partners, something I do recommend. And then, of course, we can't forget about the wretched gospel partner. Our gospel partners, that would be many of you, provide us with the ability to do what we're able to do. You faithfully helped us reach millions of people all over the world with resources like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, Breaking Bread, Wretched Worldview, The Drive-By Series. I could keep going, but we'd be here far too long. Plus, I think you already get the point. Without you, there is no wretched. So we humbly thank you for your support. If you're not already an ongoing Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Just hit up wretched.org slash donate to find answers to many other questions you may have. That's wretched.org slash donate. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. 
it works. And the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides and cares for his sheep. Jesus called Himself the Good Shepherd, who lays His life down for His sheep. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, please welcome Jimmy Hicks. This is Wretched Radio. What about the Dennis Prager? Women are disproportionately <laughs> harming the country article. Do you take issue with, sir? Well, I don't take much issue with it. I mean, I understand what I he's... I blew your introduction. Uh, why? I'm like, can I do a take two on that? Yeah, yeah go ahead. And now, please welcome... Handsome Jimmy Hicks there. Does that make you happy now? <laughs> Makes me feel a lot better. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't disagree with a lot of what he was saying. I understand why he's saying what he's saying. But my question was, if the majority of teachers are women, the majority of those in these healthcare professions that he mentioned are women, yeah. how can we remedy what he's talking about if more men aren't going into these professions? Fair enough. Let's ask a question, though, that maybe comes before this question. Why do so many women find so much enjoyment in those particular fields, healthcare, nursing, teaching? I think it's pretty obvious women are more caring, loving, and nurturing than men are. That's just that that's where women shine. Sadly, our society poo-poos those attributes. Well, you're not strong. You don't have the corner office. You haven't broken the glass ceiling. Who says those are the important things? Women glorify God because of their specially gifted attributes. Now, that doesn't mean that guys are never caring or thoughtful or loving. Women just do better at it than we do. And so they find fulfillment in teaching children. So I think the reason we need to draw that conclusion first is because it will guide what our response is to seeing statistics that indicate a lot of the cultural rot is being driven in a lot of different sectors by women. Now, just as an aside, before we get to answering handsome Jimmy Hicks question, uh, it's not it's not just women that are doing disastrous things. Did you see? Uh, ah, Jimmy, what's the name? Uh, Salesforce is the name of the software. Salesforce is a, a CRM that helps businesses and they even do things for ministries that helps them to organize sales and clients. It's it's a really big organization. And I think they built a shop in Indiana, about 2,500 employees. And the CEO, who is a man, is saying, we're just going to pull out because you people are bonkers here. <laughs> How ironic is that? Once more, what do we see in our society? Inverted reality, where we... We flipped everything. This guy, let me see if I can find his comments. This fellow was saying everything exactly backwards from the way that it actually is. That these politicians 
And these people who don't want women to be able to take their lives of their children are not being fair. We want equality. Oh, oh. And those of us who want to protect the lives of innocent babies, we are wrecking democracy. How much more inverted could it possibly be than that? Found it. Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff threatens to pull company from Indiana over abortion restrictions. Now, this is a week after an abortion ban went into effect in Indiana. Salute to Indiana. That happened September 15th. Here's what he said. The number one thing is, this is number one, so this drives this man. The number one thing is, we must have our employees back. Now, I don't want to read too much into this, but is it possible that the CEO of Salesforce wants to pay for women's abortions, allow you to be transported across state lines in order to get an abortion? It's because exactly what he said. We must have our employees back. We don't want women having babies and going home. We want them to work. And that I don't think is idle speculation. Quote, we are dealing with a whole series of crazy presidents. Probably just one crazy governors and crazy mayors all over the world in every country. The number one thing I can do, number one, this is his priority, is let my employees know I'm here for them. And I'll I'll 100 percent support them. So they get back to work. Okay, I added that part. He was on CNN. Quote, we have to be for equality. More of that inverted reality. We have to be for dignity. <laughs> we have. All right. I, let's just see. Let's try a mental exercise. Once again, I don't think that I'm going to be able to do this. If you put me in a corner with a box of crack, which I think is how you measure crack and deliver it to people who are trying to create a reverse example of this. So, oh, yeah, OK, I think I got one. So let, let me do this in reverse. You know, the Democrats, they want to bring down taxes for the rich. That isn't equitable. That isn't fair. You'd go, no, that's not at all what they're doing. Exactly. (laughs) That's inverted reality. Whatever is, isn't in the unregenerate world. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. Well, you know. Not babies, but every. So the word every has a bit of an asterisk with it. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then you know this is not something that I can work with. Uh, Wait a second. What happened to equality and dignity? So you are disparaging people who hold a different opinion about life than you do, and you're willing to squash them. Exactly. Because you're trying to undermine equality and democracy. No. (laughs) Yeah. This is not something that I can work with. And we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. In other words, he's a bully. So it's not just women that do things that hurt our culture. It is clearly plenty of men. In in a lot of the political realm, it's still driven by men who have a rotten worldview. So that perhaps sets the table for answering Handsome Jimmy Hicks question. All right, so what do we what do we do about this? What do we do? I don't think that you do what the left does. Hey, 
It needs to be 50-50. We need to have perfect balance here. Otherwise, we're being sexist. We don't want to do that. So we need fewer women doing that. Men, get in there and fix stuff. I, I don't think that's right, wise, or necessary. What needs to change not is the percentage of who is running what, but the heart of those who are running those organizations. That's the key to this. And that's why it is inevitable. You will come back to the conclusion, if we want to see America made great again, it's not going to happen through the activities of unregenerate people. It can't. This is a heart issue. And that means, get ready for this. You're, you're either going to love this or loathe this. We don't, we don't need a red wave in November to make our country better. We need a crimson wave. It's going to say crimson tide, but that has implications for Alabama. We need the gospel proclaimed. We need hearts regenerated. We need people changed. You see Nancy Pelosi get saved. You think she's still going to want to dismember babies in the wombs of their mother? Do you think that's genuinely born again? It's maybe hard for us to imagine that AOC could actually have a clear-headed thought. She would if she got saved. You say, oh, the act, what do this president is doing? He wouldn't if he got saved. What about your neighbor? What about the librarian? Are we spending the energy on, re, re, on, on conversion than we are in hoping that maybe we can see a political wave that changes the country? Look, I want one, too. Really, we should. I want one, too. I really do. It, it does help human flourishing. It does. But you can't legislate the thoughts and the worldview of unregenerate people. The way to fix that is through conversion, regeneration. That was the word I was looking for. We People have got to get saved. And the only way that's going to happen is if we proclaim the gospel. Now, a lesser talk show host at this moment would say there would be a way for you to do that in October. The kids, the lost neighbor kids, are coming to your home, and they are saying, I'll translate this for you. This is what trick-or-treat means in Latin. It's actually an old Gallic phrase that means, would you please give me something of value? What is more valuable and precious than the gospel of Jesus Christ? You could give them the gospel. Give them a treat, too. We still need to keep dentists in business, so give them a big... In fact, this, 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 this is... Such an easy way to share the gospel with kids who are going to grow up and run organizations. Buy the bigger bag of candy. I know this stuff is expensive. Zoink, Scoob, I was in the candy aisle at the Kroger. Like a little thing of Reese's peanut butter cups. What? I know. It's expensive. But what is the cost to our culture, to your neighborhood, to your family, to the churches, if kids grow up without Christ, what is that going to cost us? I think we are seeing the answer to that question because that is currently the society that we're living in. Hey, vote. Get involved as much as you see fit. But please, let's make sure we keep the main thing the main thing, and that is regeneration. And until tomorrow... Go serve your king.